0: Offer valid on select AK systems, through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis,
0: and spins mean everything. Now,
1: you want to get mixed up in the family business.
0: Introducing the Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
1: I will call upon you
0: to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the
3: family.
4: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
3: This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on V <laughs>
2: Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we got you back here on a Friday. Of course, he is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. So, yeah, breaking news. And this is at Dustin Sweetelson. Does a great job. Sources have indicated oh, to me that Matt Eumanns will be trying the new Arby's Wagyu burger this weekend. Stick with Vison Live for the developing story and much anticipated review coming up on Monday on Follow the Money. So that is what you
5: teased. Do you have any more on the developing story? I just don't even comprehend how Wagyu beef makes it into Arby's. Like, I don't even understand the whole concept of that. Like, I don't get that, you know. But, hey, I'm sure, look, if if anybody's going to know it, it's Matty Humans. I mean, look, he was, you know, he's been dead on on these uh, – uh, fast food things. I mean, the man doesn't even have any plates at his house, so he loves it. He, he's good at it. You take his word for it. Yeah, he is prolific. It's like my man Coug. I Like 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 Coug. When Couge gives you a review of a sandwich, trust it. Just trust it. My man knows what he's talking about. He understands it. I haven't seen much Coug from Coosh too. Is Couge Coug, Coug, Oh,
2: he's huge. been getting. He's been getting down. Oh, you eat that much. I mean, oh, he's it's, been it's on. An issue. He's on.
5: He's on NBC. He was on NBC New York this morning. He's all over the place. I mean, the Couge man is just exploding. Love it. I wonder if there's some, got to get him on. We're going to get him on during football season. Yeah, though, he'd be hilarious. Because he's a giant fan, so I'll get him on there, you know? I wonder if Coosh
2: considers Couges. humans or humans considers Koosh like a contemporary. And maybe there's some well, beef there? No no pun intended? I, uh,
5: you know, Coosh actually, I didn't listen to it yet. He was, He went to Burger King and reviewed a sandwich from Burger King. No kidding. I didn't listen to that one yet, but you know. <laughs> okay,
2: well, get back to us que when sera, you do. <laughs> I want, to, I want yeah. to hear. So they they just told me before we came back. I didn't know this, but apparently humans is so prolific when it comes to the McRib that when McDonald's. I, McDonald's is this thing where they launch the McRib and then pull it back. Obviously, they know what they're doing with marketing. So he hit up the every day for 39 of 40 weeks, he, he had a McRib, which doesn't seem overly healthy, but prolific, to say the least. Wow.
5: So every day. I hope on the 41st day, he unlike Brady, when he unretired, he went and got his blood tested. I just hope he did that. If he doesn't have plates at home, I'm guessing
2: he doesn't have regular checkups at the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not try- I'm not in any way humans is a legend. I'm not in any way disparaging. My guess is he's not hitting the what do you go to the doctor once a year? you know are you supposed to go for a checkup once a year? something like that?
5: We you, should, get, we should, we should get ask him. It doesn't take much to get your blood tested. I mean, at least you can get that done, right? We should ask him next time. We, well, we I mean, go. Barbershop gets his tested. And he's got great well, he's blood got great every blood. time I go see Barbershop. He's got great blood. So, yeah, Barbershop we'll is
2: Michael's father, who is in his nineties, and he was stunting and flexing the other day about how good yeah. his blood is, which is good for you. Yeah. I mean, if you think about good. it, it's, it's it's tremendous news for you in the future.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah, he asked me the other day. It was very, very humbling. He said, is your show on in Atlantic County? And I just, you know, took it and, okay, I got it. All right, we're going to move on to some other subject. He has still, after 50 years, he has no idea what I do for, well, 35. (laughs) He has no idea what I've done in the league and, and none of it. He has no idea. Unless you sat in that barber chair and told him he has no idea. The barber chair was the gospel according to the chair. To be fair, I he, do a whole model he, he, he's
2: 90, what is he, 90 what? Five. Your father is 95. If you told him to download the VEASAN app, my guess is there's going to be some complications along the way.
5: No, look, I've said this many times before. Anytime you get something in his hand, he's convinced he's sending a, a missile to Moscow. He, like, he thinks he's <laughs> going to hate the code. Like, that's not a good thing. Does he text? It's not a good thing. Does he text message? Oh, God knows. Oh, my God, no. No? No, no. No, no chance. All right. No. I, and we don't want that either. I mean, that just we we got it. All. We're good with where we are.
2: I not, and, and there's no transition here, but outlive <laughs> the Ray Liotta stuff yesterday that I was going through. Yeah, that blew hit, me away. That hit people in their feels. Because he really, yeah. I mean, Goodfellas is one, which is iconic, and that's the role. But he had, I didn't realize how many great roles he had. And he was a dynamic, dynamic actor. Ray Liotta, gone too yeah, soon Field at Feel the Dreams. Feel the I mean, Dreams. Feel the Dreams. He was the one coming out of the you corn, know, right? Yeah, he was awesome. Exactly, that.
5: yeah. Yeah. So, Julius yeah, Joe, yeah. It's yeah. Horrible. At, and so young. I mean, so young at 67. I mean, engaged. You know, the, the one thing about the one thing about this pharmaceutical world we live in today because of technology is the life expectancy of, of all of us should increase. And it has. Look at barbershops. Well, that's why I you brought know? it up.
2: Your dad's 95, and you're yeah. so sad when you see. Obviously, we won't even get into what we saw days ago in Texas. But anywho, we transition. I, the the Kyler Murray stuff, I know you covered that on the pod, and you can find the podcast, GM Shuffle. Go to com or wherever you find your podcast. But I did want to bring up just a a. Grander question about voluntary OTAs and how they're handled mm-hmm. within organization. I brought up Chase Young, who's doing his own training in Denver. When you hear Rivera speak, it's not that he's being passive, but you can tell it frustrates him. Is there a, high, is there a hierarchy as far as it's cool for Rodgers, it's not cool for this guy? Like how is that handled within organizations?
5: Well, it's delicate, right? You know, you've got to be you can't say, you know, you need to be here because then all of a sudden you're breaking rules. You've got to be very careful on how you handle the conversation. And if any coach has a conversation about this and doesn't have two people in the room at all times, then he's making a mistake because you want somebody to verify what you're saying, Uh, because you, you want to encourage, but you don't want to demand. And it would be great if you're here. You know, Devonte Adams had never been in Green Bay's OTAs. He's at the Raiders one now. Not because he they they made him, because he wanted to be, and he lives in Vegas, so it's a little bit more convenient. I think we also, you know, some of these guys are really good at training, right? Some of these guys are good at doing the things they need to do in the off season to get their bodies ready. Some aren't. I mean, Janu Smith, the, yeah, the tight end that the that this Patriots signed last year from Tennessee, did not have a good year. Part of it goes back to he wasn't involved with the OTA days. Hmm. It took, he didn't really know. He wasn't playing with a sense of confidence to play fast. You know, confidence is, is the, the, the ability that you know what you're doing. You're playing confidently. And when you play confidently, it, you play faster. And a lot of times guys aren't confident in what they're doing, so they play slower. And because they miss all these reps and look, we're the NFL is their own worst enemy. I mean, getting guys out there and and, in February and making them do drills and all that, that's not, you know, the, the, the rules peel back. I'm in complete favor of, but I do think the players need to dedicate their off seasons to being around the camaraderie of the team because training camp isn't a camaraderie. It's too quick. It happens too fast. And like I've said, oftentimes, 50 of the players aren't going to be on the team. So you're bonding with guys that aren't going to be around.
2: Speaking of getting in shape, remember when you said, and you said it unironically, and I think you were 100% right, that picture that was floating around of Mac with the cigar and the soft body. Yeah. Well, good reports coming out of the OTAs there with the Patriots. He's cleaned up his diet, he said. Six foot three, 214 said, after Monday's practice, quote, I've learned more this offseason than I probably ever have in my life about nutrition, sleep, wellness, and all that stuff. And he goes on, it's a great quote, but what's fascinating is you do realize these are kids, 22, 23-year-olds are yeah. just still trying to figure it out and getting in better shape for Mac and his mobility, it certainly can't hurt.
5: No, and, and, and what he needs to really do, and I think we've seen this with players, is, is I said this before the offseason started, Mac needed to dedicate himself to really strengthen his arm, his arm's not weak. It's not Chad Pennington arm. It's, it's better than Pennington was when he played in the league. However, it needs to improve, and it needs to continue to improve because the wear and tear on his body takes away from the effectiveness of his arm. And I, and I think the one thing Brady has served as a model for all these guys is that you've got to work diligently in the off season. And you've got to really prepare your body for the rigors of the season. And I think he's, he shows that. And you knew Mac Jones was going to do it. My question is, why not at Alabama? You know, why aren't guys? Well, you hit the nail on the head. They're immature. They're younger. It's college. There's a lot going on in their lives. They still have to go to school. They still have to do the things that they, that they need to do. And so they don't, they're not able to dedicate their whole life to their bodies. And now they can. His quotes are impressive. By the way, I'm looking at a
2: picture. He looks completely different. His face, he just there in his face. He completely looks like he's remade himself. So
5: good for him. I, I think good for gonna, him. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, yeah. I, I mean, the, look, I, I've said this to every young player I talk to. The, the 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 progress you make from your rookie to your second year is going to be the quantum leap of your career. You, and if you don't take that quantum leap, your career is probably going to fizzle out. Paris Campbell can't stay healthy for the Colts, played in 15 games in three years. He didn't take that Ohio State quantum leap from his rookie to his second year. A.J. Brown did. Certain guys do and certain guys don't, and that's the year you've got to make it. Because when you're a, a first-round pick or a second-round pick, you've got to make your mark quickly. And that's how you're going to get the bigger contract.
2: My assumption would be everything that rookie year is so fast, the information's coming and going so quickly. It's almost like any job that any normal human, but this is on steroids, no pun. And there's just so much information. And then by year two, I'm assuming it slows down a little bit. And if you capitalize on it all slowing down is where you can really take that leap. You know, Jonathan Taylor had a really good rookie season, but that, that sophomore year was on another level.
5: Right, and 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 that's where he made you know that's where he made his mark because he went back and Wisconsin's passing game. Let's be clear, his passing game and knowledge of the passing game wasn't exactly great. Right, I mean he's coming from Wisconsin two back offense. They're going to run power. They're going to run outside zone. They're going to run these plays. They're not going to run any option routes. They're not going to run seam routes. Like I expect him to take even a further step forward in the passing. A guy averaged nine yards a catch. But Kamara averaged nine three. I mean, when you look at it, you say, well, Kamara and, and Jonathan Taylor aren't the same back. No, they're not. But yet in the passing game, they aren't. Whereas Zeke Elliott averaged 6'2". I mean, this is my complaint about the Cowboy offense. If they were to get Zeke Elliott involved in the passing game, it, it could open up a whole avenue. But they don't. They, they're basically, they keep them on the rack and as a car, you know, and they should change that. I see you, Stephen Steven, Steven Bond. He's directing traffic over there. <laughs> so,
2: nine rookie head coaches this year. Who has the most pressure? If we're just going by team totals as far as win totals, it'd be Nathaniel Hackett. That number for the yeah, Broncos yeah. is sitting at ten. Let's come back and discuss them next. Here, coming up on the Lombardi Line. You missed anything? You can find Michael on Twitter, mLombardiNFL, and we're at Veasan Live. We're coming
0: back with the Broncos.
3: you're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it's a summer special. Keep telling me about it because it's that important. So make sure you check it out. v summer. It's $39. So we've dropped it all the way through July 31st. And you're going to get Burks baseball bets every day. Jonathan Toble got plenty to go with the NBA playoffs. Plenty to go with Annie McNeil. And NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, of course. NASCAR, we just heard from West talking NASCAR. We've got it all. Steve Mackinnon does a great job with that as well. Golf, UFC, USFL. It's all there. Plus, Point Spread Weekly is part of the package, which drops every single Wednesday. So check it out. vcin.com slash summer. That's vcin.com slash summer. Okay, we're back here. Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. So let's see. You got Dennis Allen, Brian Dayball, Matt Eberflus, Nathaniel Hackett. We'll get to him. Mike McDaniel. Josh McDaniel, Raiders, Kevin O'Connell, Vikings, Doug Peterson, Jags, and Lovey Smith. So that makes nine new head coaches. What, is it generally six or seven? I was trying to remember what it, usually, the turnover yeah, is. Yeah, I mean,
5: this, this was a heavy year. This is this was almost this is one third of the workforce going down here. This is, you know, usually it's seven on average. It's between five and seven every year. I mean, uh, I, I think there's no doubt that Nathaniel Hackett, you know, the win total at 10.5, that seems really high to me. That seems so high. I mean, I think Denver can have a great year and win 10 games, be 10 and 7 and I don't preclude them from getting into the playoffs at that number, but boy, you're putting a lot of faith in Russell Wilson turning it around. Turning it around. You know, he did not have his finest hour last year. He just didn't. I mean, he just didn't he didn't have his best season. Now can he come back and have it? Oh, I think there's no doubt he can. But last year he didn't run the ball. Only ran for 183 yards. He didn't make the Russell Wilson plays. He didn't lead the team back. Had leads in games and couldn't cash them in. You could say, well, the line's bad. Granted. Well, I mean, there's a lot of bad lines out there that people play behind. But I, I think ultimately 10 and a half's heavy for them. It really is. And I love. And I've been a Denver fan. I've been a Denver fan. But you got to play. You got to play a hard schedule. The Raiders have been able to beat Denver fairly regularly, even with Vic Fangio there. They've moved the ball on them continuously. The, you know, and, and Gruden's never really had any trouble moving it. So I, I think, look, I, I think what George Payton did this offseason, he addressed some things. Randy Gregory is a nice addition. They needed him to go along with Bradley Chubb and to help the defensive line. They've strengthened their secondary. They've got corners that can cover in the back end. It's going to come down to how well they block up front, but it's going to come down to Wilson being able to be the guy. And go back to being Russell, not the short order cook Russell, but the French laundry cook Russell.
2: Yeah, I got to believe that 10.5 is stale that we posted at BetMGM because I'm looking everywhere else. They've got them 10. In fact, I've got an under-juiced on the Raiders 10, so I don't know if that changes... What you think about it, but 10 still a lofty number. Nathaniel Hackett, we can go ahead and throw up the betting profile for the Broncos. Then we can get to know Nathaniel Hackett a little bit. He, he of the nine new head coaches, that 10 is, regardless of 10, 10.5, the highest win total. You've got 16 to 1 on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. We can go ahead and throw that graphic up. Thank you. AFC, they're eight. Yeah. Nine- go ahead and throw it up. Thank you. <laughs> Russell Wilson, 14 to 1 on the MVP, and Hackett, it's kind of a short number, 16 to 1 coach of the year.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I have DraftKings at 10 on the Broncos, so 10.5 is heavy. I think there was probably juice to the under there. Uh, I still think 10s, I think to get to 11 is going to be hard. you got the Chiefs twice, you got the Chargers twice. I mean, like we said earlier in the show, this AFC and the, and the NBA West, there are they're a lot of good teams here. You know, being ten and seven and going into the—I mean, the, the Bengals were ten and seven and made the Super Bowl. It's not like, you know, we're not shooting a Hollywood movie here. We don't want to have the undefeated season. We're going to have to have some ups and downs, you know. So, uh, but I think the Broncos certainly have a good team. There's no doubt. And I—and I, and I don't—I'm not being disrespectful of Russell, but I think we need to capture the moment that Russell wasn't Russell last year, to where he was the years before. There has been a little bit of a decline. Now, usually when guys go to a new place, there's that sense of positivity that comes through the air, and it, and it manifests itself into a better season. I fully expect that to happen.
2: So we can get into the offense and talk about Judy, but defensively they paid big bucks to sign the edge there. Randy Gregory from Dallas in free agency. Uh, he had, what, 17 quarterback hits, six sacks last season, so he'll team up with Bradley Chubb. You think that's a pretty good tandem there. Uh, Also, you have to like what they have in the secondary with Denver.
5: Yeah, they signed DJ Jones, who was a really good player for the 49ers last year. I think that helps them inside, too. You know, and and then they've strengthened their linebacker. They got hit with a lot of injuries last year at the linebacker position. You know, they were really beat up there, and they lost guys in in that area, and they needed to get that back. You know, they signed Alex Singleton, a kid who played at Philly last year. So they've tried to improve that area. They drafted Browning in the third round this year to help improve that. And the secondary, look, Sertan, Kareem Jackson's a strong safety, but you got Darby, and then you, they've got Kawan Williams there. So I, I think, look, I think the question to ask is, is, is the a defensive coordinator? What is he going to run? We know they're going to be West Coast offense. Are they going to be more Vic Fangio? Because Ivaro was a Vic Fangio guy. So are they going to be more Vic Fangio? I think that's going to be the question you got to see in the preseason.
2: If that 10 and a half, yeah, it appears Stephen just told me the 10 and a half is legit. So everywhere here in town is 10, but if you can get bets, that's the importance. I mean, a half a game means everything. We say it all the time when betting these futures and these season win totals. So if you do like the Broncos over, you can get even money at a shop on 10. Think about that. So a half a game, not only that, you get even money on the over 10 if you do like the Broncos Nathaniel Hackett I think we have a bio of him which we can throw up what are our expectations you and I would think Paul Hackett of course the longtime assistant USC head coach but this has been an interesting run for Hackett you can take a look at his resume there which ended up this season with the Broncos as a head coach obviously close with Aaron Rodgers there Green Bay offensive coordinator for a couple of years
5: you know, and then he then he was, you know, he was in Jacksonville. He got Blake Bortles to to really one throw away from maybe winning the game against the Patriots the year they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. And then it all went to hell. He got fired the next year, mid-season, you know, which was disappointing. And the relationship between Nathaniel Hackett and Doug Marone, who were very close at one time, kind of fell apart because of it. And, and so then he kind of got his career back on track going up to Green Bay, working there. It's all West Coast. I mean, I was with his dad. His dad and I go back to 1984 together wow. with the 49ers. His dad was an offensive coordinator, was the quarterback coach and receiver coach. He left actually in 86. That's when we hired Holmgren and Denny Green. And he went to Dallas, and he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tom Landry whenever Landry was going to leave. Never happened, obviously. Jimmy Johnson came in a few years later. But So he comes from the West Coast. He's pure West Coast. You know, He's done a really good job. I think a lot of it's going to be how he handles himself as a head coach. But I suspect Wilson will play better for an offensive head coach who's going to allow him to do the things he needs to do and work the offense around it. Now, the key for Wilson, again, is can he move in the pocket? Can he play big? Because he he does have some times where he needs the movement to see the lanes to throw the ball through. I like those first show-and-prove years for a guy like
2: him who obviously – is uh, he, he's got an ego, which um, most athletes do, but he's going to want to prove himself. And he's got some talent offensively, Michael, as we've talked about Sutton, Tim Patrick's a really good receiver, K.J. Hamler, change of pace, and Jerry Judy is the name that comes up because how long due to his domestic violence situation, how long will he miss? I think that's a big piece here.
5: It sure is. I mean, and, you know, and, and obviously the league's process has got to go through that. Uh, you know, what, what transpires as they move forward. I, I think you've got to take a look at that and see. And, and, but, look, I do think, you know, Judy, was, Judy missed some games last year, you know, with K.J. Hamler, who missed some games last year, and with Cortland Sutland and this Timmy Patrick kid. I mean, they've got some skill. Mm-hmm. The question mark, because they traded Noah Fant last year in the Russell Wilson deals, what are they going to do with tight end? Right. But what they have on the team so far tight ends, they have two blockers in Tomlinson and Schubert. Now, they drafted this Dolrich kid in the third round. And they've got the big Albert from Missouri, I can't say his last name, who's very inconsistent in terms of point of attack blocking. He's got great skills. There's no denying that. He's just a very inconsistent player. How he handles that role, I think, because the West Coast offense wants a pass receiver at the tight end position. They want somebody who's going to make a difference. Will it be this Dolich Dolich kid that they drafted in the third round? I think so.
2: Good call on Fant. Kind of a slept-on miss there for them because he is a pure pass catcher out of the tight, As right. far as a tight end's
5: concerned, and, and I mean dual, dual rich kid that they drafted from UCLA from the Chip Kelly offense. I mean he's more he fits perfectly to what they're doing in terms of the West Coast. They want to be able to easy release the tight end, block the force, and then get involved in the passing game. And so he can do that. And I think they if Judy gets suspended, I think they have, they have enough skill players. I mean, this Patrick kid really did well. And Sutton missed games last year. They had a ton of injuries last year. I don't know if it was because of who they are in terms of their training with Vic. And their offense was atrociously coached by Pat Shermer last year. But they're good. And we didn't even talk about the best player on offense, which is Javante Williams, the running yes. back from North Carolina. When they get him going, they're good. And all those... Skill
2: position players you just mentioned they're going to get whether russ is the russ of four years ago they're going to be elevated with his play because they haven't had quarterback play so those numbers you're looking at for patrick and judy and others I, I i think they're only going to get better this year with russ i mean 10 10 and a half it's a lofty number for nathaniel hackett and the broncos specifically in that division great stuff on the broncos we're coming back with josh next here at lombardi line
3: to the Lombardi line on vN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
2: hey okay, we were talking about the splits earlier before you make your next bet be sure to visit von.com to check out the current betting splits which are updated every 10 minutes it's awesome it's going to show you where the money is and bets are moving for every game. And now, again, like I mentioned, it's updated every 10 minutes. So you see the changes in, in action there over at vsin.com You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number and the tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com That's not just basketball. That's everything baseball, uh, hockey, Right on down the line as we welcome you back here. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod, of course. vs.com slash podcast. Betting across America. And straight from Supercuts, I see Josh Applebaum joins. <laughs> Josh, how are we feeling today, buddy?
6: Oh, we're feeling great, guys. I got to tell you right now, though, I'm going to miss you next week. I'm actually going on vacation. Elise and I, we're going out to San Diego for a brother's graduation. Going to catch a, catch a Padres game. So, Michael, I, I, I'm i worried that you're not going to hear enough about steam and reverse line moves next week. <laughs> yeah, Don't have fine. to worry. I won't be around. I'll miss you guys.
5: I, I, I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to make it. I, I probably will get a, like a little bit of, I'll need to get talked off the ledge. Stephen Bond will help me, but I think I'll get back and, you know, I, I, I'll work my way through it. It's good. You know, you Need to work your way through that. I mean, I've been through rehab many times over the '76ers. I've kind of gotten my way through it, so yeah. Well, I'm still in
2: rehab. (laughs) Yes, he's still still reeling from the '76ers. Well, a much deserved break, Josh. You and Alicia enjoy it. Let's get to let's get to what we were just discussing. That being the betting splits, A, a little more even than I expected as far as Boston. Maybe a little more money and tickets as far as the Boston Celtics. Yet we've seen that number dip a little bit off the nine opener.
6: Yeah, you're exactly right, Patrick. So obviously going back toward last night where, you know, the Golden State Warriors punched their ticket to the finals, six of the last eight finals with Golden State, unbelievable there. Updated title odds, guys. Golden State minus one fifty five to win the title. Boston plus one forty. Miami. If you're saying there's a chance, there's plus twenty five hundred there. But looking toward this game, uh, Patrick, I'm a little surprised as well because my first thought was this line is so high, the public will be rushing to the window to grab the points with Miami. But it's not as 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 lopsided as I had thought. Right, according to Betmgm. of bets are on the Celtics to cover this number, but they are taking in 62% of the money. And we're showing that minus nine on our board, guys. A lot of these books, some open nine and dip down eight and a half. A lot of them did open eight and a half, though. Briefly touched nine, came back down to eight and a half. So the big notable thing to me is even though it's not as lopsided as we'd like, you do see an edge toward these bigger favorites covering these numbers in the NBA playoffs. If you go back just the last decade here, when you're a favorite in the playoffs of eight points or more, you're 49 and 36 against the spread, 58. percent So you've been covering a lot of these numbers at a, at a decent clip here. I'll lay it with the Celtics, but I would caveat it by saying keep an eye on Tyler Hero. I think Hero makes a huge difference with these, uh, you know, with the both the spread and the total guys. If Hero's out and the Celtics kind of smell, you know, the next round of, the, of uh, you know the postseason right in front of them, I could see the Celtics winning this thing easily. The Hero thing really intrigues me though, based on the total guys, because when you look at the total, it is so low. It's you know 201, 201 and a half. We went through this last game where, remember, it was what was it like a two hundred two, two hundred three, something like that. Sales way under. This is very lopsided toward the over, almost seventy percent of bets on the over, just from that. Hey, it's so low, it's got to go over standpoint. But it really hasn't moved off that that half at all, guys. I lean a little bit to the under. And I'm going to lay the points of the Celtics here, seeing if they can advance to the finals.
5: You know, but it's been funny though, Josh. I mean, every game has been whoever you bet has covered. Correct? Hasn't it been that the case? I mean, if you think you've got the winner, you, there's been no close. I mean, the one hundred and nine, one hundred and three game was that was still a five and a half. Boston was favored by five and a half in that game, and you know, and so, and Miami won outright. So it hasn't really been. I mean, the scores have been so lopsided, and the quality of play has been so. To me, I I, I think if you think Boston's going to win, you've got to take you got to lay the points.
6: I'm with you, Michael, and there's been a lot of stats here, and just from a competitive standpoint, a, you know, an, a, a watching, an eye standpoint, a lot of these blowouts, it's not great for the competitive nature of the NBA. So I think, you know, Silver and all the, the high-ups, yes, these are, you know, great players we're watching, but there's really not much at stake here. So that's one thing to keep an eye out for, and you're right, Michael, a lot of these blowout wins, it doesn't matter what you're laying the points, they're covering anyway. I would say, though, if you want to attack the Celtics in a different direction, like their money line price now is like minus 420. It's pretty much too high for me to lay on a minus number there. But there's another way to approach the Celtics. If you think they win tonight and they win this series, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, they just named this award after Larry Bird. Jason Tatum has seen a ton of movement in his favor. He was minus 110 to win the Eastern Conference Finals MVP about two days ago. He's up to minus 225. He's had 24 points a game, six assists, eight rebounds. You know, minus 225 is still a high price, but you're cutting pretty much cutting that money line in half with Boston. So maybe that's another way to approach this Tatum MVP instead of laying that money line with Boston.
2: Yeah, I got bad MGM reporting as far as the totals here 61% of the bets, 62% of the handle on the over. And it's a great point by you, Josh. 201 and a half. Everybody, literally everybody, still reporting <laughs> 201 and a half. You had the first three of this series go over, the last two come under. Starting to see some tired legs out there. You're exactly right, Patrick. That's another angle. I'm glad you brought that up because
6: when you get to Game 6, Game 7, it's, you know, one of those wise guy systems you always dust off when you're late into a series. Number one, tired legs, as you mentioned. Number two, so much is at stake. Your playoff life is at stake. You're facing elimination. You know, defense is all oftentimes about effort. That's when you lock in, play better defense. And I would credit the odds makers a little bit because, you know, I think a lot of betters are saying, you, you, you stupid odds makers, you're setting these totals way too low the first three games. we saw them sail over. The oddsmakers didn't overreact. They, st- you know, they stayed, they stayed with their guns, stuck with their guns there, uh, and and you've seen these low totals now go under. So we had that, what was it, 102.82 game last time. Just to make it simply this way, it's so low. How does it not go over? Yet it hasn't risen at all. Tells me maybe it's a wise guy has under tonight.
2: Let's pick one, boys. Let's throw up the player props and see if we can find something that we like. Michael, you take a stab. Josh, you take a stab. I'll take a stab as well. You see Tatum, his point total set at 27.5. Brown set at 24.5. Butler, 22.5. And then Bam. They're going to need something from Bam. 16.5. Michael, you want to take a shot first? You know, we, you
5: know, I might lean Bam over. I like that. I, I, if I thought Miami was going to be the Miami of old with mental toughness, I would definitely take the Butler over. I definitely would. I mean, I have a hard time. I don't know where you know Tatum and Brown could easily go over. They could go under depending on how they shoot. I mean, my instincts tell me if if Miami has any chaff, Butler's got to go over 22 and a half. If they have any chance at all, you got to go Butler over 22 and a half.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go with your original vibe and bam over that 16 and a half on Wednesday. Scores 18 two days prior scored nine, but remember two days prior to that, he went off Josh 31 points. Bam's motivated right now. I like him over that 16 and a half. You can take a look at his points and rebounds totals as well. Nine and a half on the rebounds, two and a half on assists for Bam. Josh, you want to take a stab at one of those? Yeah. So I'll go one That's not on the board here, guys, but from just an eye test of
6: watching the Celtics, Derek white, you know, this is a guy that has, you know, they picked yeah. up in the trade halfway through the season uh, kind of as an insurance policy for Marcus smart or just another ball handler. He's been up and down in the playoffs, but he's really turned it down as of late. Maybe it's that new dad power. He just became a father for the first time. Remember, he missed a game earlier in the series. But I'd look at uh, Derek White over 13 and a half points, rebounds and assists. It's juiced up minus minus one twenty at bed. MGM, he's coming off a great game where he was six of eight from the field. He scored 14 points. He threw in some rebounds, some assists. So to me, all, the other thing, guys, is, you know, with this high spread, eight, minus eight and a half. If the Celtics are big in a blowout, do they take Tatum and Brown out early and some of these bench players get more minutes? Good That's point. something you got to be a little careful about, you know, sweating those star player
2: overs, Patrick. It's a tremendous point. Are you, what's the Boston area feeling today? Is there a lot of confidence? I mean, the numbers all the way up to eight and a half, nine. So the bookmakers confident in Boston coming back here home. Are you confident as a Boston fan?
6: I'm very confident, Patrick, but I would say it kind of scares you a little bit. You turn on talk radio and it's, you know, the Celtics are already in the finals against Golden State. So I don't I don't want to get too ahead, you know, put the cart, uh, you know, the horse before the cart, whatever that saying is. Uh, there's a lot of positivity, a lot of excitement with the Celtics. But again, don't take the for granted. Even though they've looked terrible, they really can't score at all. This is a proud franchise, and you know Pat Riley's going to get them going tonight. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about the finals. I can't wait, Celtics and Warriors, guys. But It always scares me when you become overconfident. That's sometimes when you get tripped up.
2: You know I love you, but I do think it is the cart before the horse. But it's I know. it's it is <laughs> it's, 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 it's complete semantics at this point. Hey, Josh, quickly before we say goodbye. So Colorado was home the other night and they had a three goal lead, three nothing. St. Louis came all the way back and won it. It was it really was fascinating. So the Abs have a three two series lead. They're obviously huge favorites in the series, and they're in St. Louis tonight. St. Louis got a little juice and it looks like they're getting bet as well. If you're making
6: me pick a side Patrick, I'd take a shot on St. Louis here. Obviously, Colorado, great team, you love sweating, incredible offensive firepower. You'd think after blowing that lead last game, they're, you know, going to be really motivated to get this thing done tonight. But I wouldn't, you know, sleep on St. Louis. They won the cup a few years ago. They broke my heart and beat my Bruins. This is a team with a lot of veteran players, and as you mentioned, Patrick, we're showing Avs -170 right now on our board at Vison, but I'm seeing a lot of these books get down to -160, so there's movement toward the Blues. I think if you want to go a different direction, I'd look toward the over a little bit. It's six and a half juiced up over minus 115. We've seen the last three fly over nine goals, nine goals, seven goals, and head to head this year, you've seen six and two to the over. I'd expect some goals here tonight. Uh, And Patrick, if you're making me play it, I'd pick blues. Do you have a play, my man?
2: I'd have to play the, the blues because the abs killed me the other night when they're up three, nothing. Oh. You're already counting the cash. I know Tim Murray was tweeting about it as well. Uh, plus Plus one fifty on the blues coming back at home with a little momentum. I do like that as well. Uh, they've been scoring some goals in that series as well. Curiosity killed the cat. That's the only cliche I could come up with on the spot. Good job, Josh. <laughs>
5: thank thank nice you. Thank you. Josh. Enjoy. Enjoy your time in yes. San Diego, Josh.
2: Thank you. Enjoy. Have fun. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I'll miss you guys. Travel safely, Josh. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. There's reasons for optimism with the Chargers. We'll tell you why coming back.
0: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: is uncanny usa
2: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
3: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM,
2: the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager over at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets, and risk-free tokens if you're planning to trip out here to vegas you can also convert your bet mgm points into mgm reward points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms all along the strip here so it's an awesome deal again it's like a credit card your loyalty program so get involved every time you place a bet you're going to get points and you can use those points and redeem them 21 years or older please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem it's 1-800 gambler you know this is very random But I'm looking up, and it looks like NFL Network's doing a bio on Mike Ditka. Uh, They're running it right now. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because you've recently done a lot of research on head coaches. You brought up Holmgren before. You know, I wonder, is he a Hall of Famer? But then, as an aside, curious about Ditka and how he's perceived within NFL circles as a head coach. Obviously, tremendous success with the Bears, not so much with the Saints, but how is he perceived?
5: Well, you know, I mean, he falls into the category, and I talked about it in my book, which, you know, in the chapter on coaches is my second stint wasn't as good as my first. And and this old thing gets coaches in trouble. You know, when Hank Strand went to New Orleans after the great stint in Kansas City, he struggled to get into the hall of fame because of the new orleans deal. George Seifert who's won titles and winning percentage, he has it all to qualify for the hall of fame, but the 1 in 15 season in carolina was very bad. And I think the same thing with Dicka when he went to new orleans and when you look at him, you know, Dicka was the perfect guy, you know, to to take over a team in chicago with his identity and with his, you know, with his personality and kind of bigger and he relied on the assistance to kind of do what he needed to do. But in terms of a tactician or a a guy who's going to just, you know, break down the game and figure it out, you know, probably not. He's you know, I think he was my memory serves me. Right. I think he was like twenty five games over five hundred as a coach. You know, and 56 percent winning percentage. You know, very, very mediocre in the playoffs. And the and the last four years, he was a head coach. He didn't make the playoffs. To the one in Chicago and three in New Orleans. You know, his last his New Orleans record was six and ten, six and ten, three and thirteen. And he operated as if he was still coaching in the seventies when he traded everything he possibly could for Ricky Williams. The, the New Orleans Saints franchise really was plagued by, they hired guys for, in second stints. Earl, they hired Bum Phillips, who trades a first-round pick for a beat-up Earl Campbell, right? He drafts George Rogers, the first pick overall in the draft, when 26 out of 28 general managers said the best player in this draft is Lawrence Taylor. And then, then they, tra- they go ahead and dicka trades everything for Ricky Williams. You know, they were cursed,
2: not only did it, then hopped on the cover of Sports Illustrated with Ricky in a dress, right? That was – it was a weird yeah. – it was with some weird I mean, vibes.
5: He became more of a – he became more of a character than a coach. You know, and, and he was never a tactician. He was about toughness. He was about play hard. But his vision of football never really evolved to what it needed to be. I mean, he won with defense – He won with with running game with the great sweetness, Walter Payton, and managed the quarterback, which is, look, it's a formula the Tennessee Titans are going to have to win with this year. But it's not a formula that you can win unless you have all those dynamics set up.
2: It's almost like he became a parody, which is interesting because – he was, became famous outside of football circles for being parodied on SNL. So there was something like there yeah. was, sometimes you don't have to be that tactician. The, the, there is just something about certain people's personalities. And Ditka, they're showing him going after the fans. I mean, whatever that is, he had it where, you know, even outside of those football circles, they wanted to parody him. He, he was a big he was a bit yeah, larger no than life uh, is a way of putting it
5: he he was and and you know and and you have to evolve as a leader in any profession right i mean you have to evolve and you have to take over and you've got to be able to adapt to the game that's currently going on and and it's a challenge i mean it's hard to do that it's hard to maintain that level of continuity and adaptation to doing what you want because if you want to do it the way you did it 30 years ago it's not going to work
2: yeah they're showing him i mean he he wore fake dreads to the news conference. I mean, that's just bad shtick. <laughs> I mean,
5: what well, le- was the, the bad the old idea about trading for a running back was, I mean, this is, we were, he wasn't like he was in the, when, when Bum Phillips did it, they were in a time where everybody loved the running back. I mean, when he tra- drafted George Rogers over Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. Now, let's in fairness, if the Giants, the Giants had two cards waiting for the pick to be turned in. And both cards had one card had Lawrence Taylor, one card had George, had George Rogers. As soon as the Rogers pick was turned in, one second later, Ed Hanlon turned in the Pat Hanlon, not Pat Hanlon, Ed. I forget the PR director. He turned in the Taylor. They were taking Taylor had they had the first pick. Like I said, twenty six out of twenty eight general managers had Taylor as number one. But the only two teams, one of the teams, was the Saints.
2: Fascinating stuff uh that just popped up on the, uh, I just wanted to ask you about that. Good good stuff, Michael. So uh, I teased you, yeah, we can do a deep dive this weekend here on the Lombardi line into the Chargers yeah. because they're obviously a team They're second betting favorite in that division, which is brutal at plus 220. Their season win total the Chargers is set at 10. So we can take a deep dive. I know you talked about this with Femme a little bit, but about Herbert what's fascinating to me, so we just told you Mac Jones is in the best shape of his life. Herbert who's just 24 has had a stellar start to his career. He added about 10 pounds of muscle to his frame. The reason I bring it up is because shouldn't these guys be emulating Tom Brady, who did nothing? It didn't seem like he did anything with weights. It's all plyometrics and being more stretchable and, and, and bendable. It, it, it's interesting that he said he's getting after it, and he added a bunch of muscle coming into the year, Herbert.
5: Yeah, I mean, and Tom, you know, there's a there's the thin line, too, what Tom does. I mean, you know, like I think one year Gronk went all in on that program, and he didn't have any power in his lower body. You mm. need a little bit of that. Now, You know, if you're Tom Brady and you're, you are you want to be stretched, flexible, and it's great to have that, you know, childhood bend that that, that he can do. But I, I think Herbert's probably in the right vein to maintain some flexibility but also build some strength. He's a young player. He needs to maintain his strength. He needs to be able to – Endure the hits. I mean, that's the biggest thing you got to be your body's got to become a shield to handle these this contact that you're going to get. And, and and it isn't just because I got sacked. It's because I got the crap beat out of me after I threw the ball, you know, and so uh, it, it's a challenge. And I think he's going to and he's prepared for that. Look. The, the kid's been sensational. He's a blue chip player right now. I mean, they, they threw for the second most passing yards in the league last year. You know, he had the fifth best in touchdowns. I mean, what they need to do is become more physical. They need to be able to, to get control of the line of scrimmage to take some of the burden of responsibility off him because the ball's always in his hands all the time, and they need to kind of balance it up. I'm not saying they need to to become the the Mike Dick team, but they need to balance their passing game a little bit, their run game, a little bit more. And I, and I think with whether it, it's Spiller or Joshua Kelly, whomever they feel like can be the back, Eckler is perfect as that nickel... You know, nine point two yards per catch in the receiving game, but he need they need a little bit of a banger in there. You know, they they did miss Melvin Gordon to a degree in the sense of being able to be that dynamic duo between him and Eckler.
2: Okay, just came up with this before we say goodbye and get the Heat Celtics play in for coming up this yeah. year, coming up this year. I'm going to give you an option. You can have Herbert, Eckler, and Keenan Allen. It's a pretty good threesome, no? Herbert, right. Eckler, yep. and Keenan Allen. Or Burrow, Mixon, and Chase? One year, next year.
5: I, I, I think I'd take Burrow, you know, because
2: Chase you is love Mixon, Mixon as well. Keenan
5: Allen's – Keenan, I love Mixon. I mean, to me, the, the, we don't write this enough, talk about it. If Mixon's in the backfield instead of Parine, they're going to get a first down. That game's <laughs> going to overtime. Mm. That's small margin of error. You know, it cost them in no Nobody wants to talk about it or bring it up, you know, and Zach Taylor, the running back coach said, do you want mixing in there? And Zach said, no, we'll just leave. No, <laughs> this is a time for our best players to play their best. Get them in there. I mean, you know, you, you can't do that. The, the game is on the line. It, it, you know, it's the game is on tonight. When we get this game tonight, the last, if we ever get a close game again in the NBA, the last four minutes, you want your best players taking the shot, don't you?
2: Yep. Who got you here? That should be that should be who's out there. All right, you you brought it up. My, I, that was fun. Thank you for indulging me in that. Heat Celtics open nine. I'm going to give you eight and a half with Boston Lane at two and one and a half. My gosh, that total is begging us to go over. Yet the last two, I'm going go to go over the, the total
5: because <laughs> Miami can't shoot any worse than they possibly can. Right. I'm going to go over. I'll take the Heat and the points. I, I, I to me, I, I just think there's some competitive fiber in there, you know, and the way they were so gassed, I just think they'll. If it's not a, a blowout, I mean, I, do I think they win? Probably not, but I'm going to take the points. I'm, I'm going to
2: go over with you because the Heat, they combined, they shot a combined 31% over the past two games. It can't be that bad, and that's what's baked into it the number. It can't be that worse. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be that bad. Yeah, I, it, the, the, Burrow, the Burrow conversation and Herbert conversation, that's for another day because those two, it, it, it's, that's like Sophie's but choice. But
5: Chase is different than Chase is. Keenan Allen's covered. He just makes play. Mike Williams, them bringing Mike Williams back was the key because Mike Williams scares the defense. Absolutely. Okay, enjoy your
2: Friday, Michael. Enjoy the basketball tonight. Hopefully we get a good game. We'll discuss it first thing yeah, in the morning so. here on the Lombardi Line. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Appreciate Patrick. it. Okay, Thank odds you, on is Bond. next.
4: And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.